Amen. Thank you. Well, this morning, ABC is easy as one, two, three. I know that's, we remember the, um, us older folks remember the Jackson 5 song, I think it was, it was in a, but, uh, but obviously the ABCs, um, if you do Bible school at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've ever done that, they, that has become the new kind of way to respond to the gospel. And uh, this morning, we're, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. Our scripture passage this morning is John 3, beginning in verse 9. John 3, beginning in verse 9. If those that are able, if you'd like to stand with me as we read God's word. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him and is not condemned, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. This passage is obviously part of the conversation he had with Nicodemus. Now Nicodemus, uh, matter of fact, I used to do the children's musical Nick at Night. And, it, and Nicodemus came and, and a great musical. I mean, it was a fun musical to do. And um, it's interesting, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now, the Pharisees were very adept with the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. They were priests and religious leaders. And this guy knew the Bible. There is no question Nicodemus knew the Bible. Yet he was struggling. He knew that there was something missing. A lot of people know the Bible. They may know a lot about God and who he is, but they know something is missing. So he knew where to go. That's exciting that he knew to go to Jesus. Now, he didn't go to his Pharisee friends. He didn't go to anybody. He went to Jesus. He went to the source. He knew where to go to answers. Oh, that we would go to Jesus for our answers instead of other things and other people and other places. And Jesus told him he had to be born again. <laughs> now, he was trying to figure this born again thing out. I'll be honest, I've, I've tried to figure that born-again thing out, too. I don't know if you all have. As we study the Scripture, one of the things I find interesting is he told Nicodemus he had to be born again. He told the rich young ruler that he had to sell everything he had. He told, if you notice, God, Jesus told people different kinds of things. And so I kind of went. But really, when you think about born again, it's starting anew. Now, as if being born the first time wasn't traumatic enough, <laughs> you know, here we go with 
a born again, go through this again? Well, you know, you think about it, it's kind of like that. It's being, it's a traumatic thing. It's a start all over. It's a begin the new world, to see the world in a new light. All of a sudden, it's a whole different thing. You think about a baby, it's only seen the womb, and it's only kind of swim, swim around in there, whatever that works, however that works. I don't know a thing about stuff like that. My wife could tell you all the ins, outs, and the buts about that stuff, because she's a nurse. I am not a nurse. I, all I know is it's weird, okay, and I don't understand it. But I do know this. Their world changed from in the womb to when they came out of the womb. And we know that our world changes when we're life outside of Christ to when life is in Christ. Everything changes, born again. So, so with all that to think, he mentions something that is kind of weird, and it's a historical event and something that has more significance, I think, that meets the eye. He talks about Moses and the snake, lifting up the snake. I want to read that passage to you. We, we find it in Numbers 21. Numbers chapter 21, beginning in verse 4. It says, They traveled from the Mount Hor, Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea. They go to Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the, Lord, then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We've sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole, then when anyone was bitten by a snake, he looked at the bronze snake and lived. That's an interesting story. God sent snakes. It says God sent snakes to bite the people. Does that not strike you as weird? I, I'm sorry. I'm sure you all love snakes, especially poisonous ones, right? We like to see them around. But the sting, the bite of snake equaled what? Death. If they were bitten by the snake, they died. The sting of sin equals death. We have all been bitten by the sting of sin. Romans 6.23 says what? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I always have to make sure I say through Jesus Christ our Lord. I had a judge in my church in Waynesboro. His name was Judge Jerry Daniel. He was known pretty much throughout the state. He'd done all kinds of crazy things. Interesting fellow. If you ever met Jerry Daniel, you, I don't know if you remember Jerry or not. Jerry was an interesting little guy. He, he was an ex-alcoholic, I'll be honest. He, he was known as a drunk for a long time smart and and then he turned his life around and he was this judge he he would help the little guy as it were he was just that kind of guy and became later the judge he was just a lawyer for a while then he became the judge but he always said everybody says the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life and they stopped there he says that is not true he says through jesus christ our lord is the you know that's where you get it so i he has ground that in my head because he'd say it every time I saw him. And so it is ground in my head. I cannot say that passage without that. 
Anyway, there was no medical aid in the desert for the snake bites. There was nothing there medically wise that they could take it. We humans have no medicine for the bite of sin. We don't have enough to counter that sin. We can't do enough. We can't make it happen. That just doesn't work. Many perished from the bite of the snake. Many perished from the bite of sin. You know this. I know that. They deserve, we don't deserve to live. We asked for the problem. Did they ask for the problem? They're the ones that said, they, what, they went against God and Moses said, hey, we don't want to do this. We don't want to have anything to do with it. We, what, what's wrong with you? You've just gotten us out here in this desert to die and eat lousy food. Sounds like a Baptist. Doesn't it? Lousy food. I want good food. We want the covered dish dinners, right? We want to have the spread out there. We ask for the problem and continue to run and play with the snakes of sin. Instead of avoiding those snakes, we run and play with them. You know? We really do. We find ourselves that. People were not to make their own cure or ointment or any other type of relief to try to relieve themselves of the snake. They weren't given anything like that. Yet we try to find our own remedy for sin, don't we? Oh, sure we do. Well, if I'll go to Sunday school this many times a month, and if I'll go this, and if I'll invite some people to church, then I'll be okay. Or if I'll do this, you know, we do, we, folks, we try, or we'll say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. Or at least I don't have that sin in my life. You know, we will qualify our sins. Y'all ever qualify your sins? Well, that sin's really bad. This one's not so bad. You know, we do, don't we? I don't remember Jesus doing that. Sin was sin, was sin, was sin, was sin. They couldn't say the right words or proclamations to fix things. We think if we'll just say the right things, do the right things, we'll be fine. They were told, they weren't told to join together and fight the snakes and get snake wranglers to take care of them, right? And that what we do with our snake problems? We get snake wranglers? Look at the Everglades, right? All of a sudden, they got all this python problem down there. And what do they do? They have snake wranglers that go and get the pythons. Moses didn't tell them to do that. They didn't do that. That's not how it worked. They weren't told to climb the pole and touch the serpent or do anything like that. They weren't to make sacrifices to the serpent. They weren't told to make their own serpents and worship them. Though they tried in 2 Kings, they started trying to make their own serpents. They were told to look at the serpent as a sign of faith. Each person had to do it themselves. They couldn't get someone else to look at it for them. Now folks, I'll step on my, my, uh, my preaching side over here. A lot of us decide somebody else can save us. I was born in a Christian family. I live in the United States, so I must be a Christian. I'm okay. Uh, doesn't work that way. I can't, you can't jump to heaven on my beliefs. Our parents, because they are great Christians, can't make us great Christians. It doesn't work that way. We have to do it ourselves. They had to look at the snake if they got bit themselves. If they didn't, then it did, there was no cure. But if they would, 
cure seems like an easy thing to do if you think about it oh no I'm bit what should I do I know I'll run around in circles we all know that a bite snake bite if you run and do all that what does it do makes the poison move around quicker no you get bit by the snake you do what you look to the bronze snake and you're cured Wow you get bit by the bite of sin you don't go to anyone else you look up to Jesus Christ who's been lifted up look for him for salvation that's who we go to no one else nothing else and he was kind of giving him that option bronze in those days stood, stood for judgment that was a Jesus took on all the judgment for us when he was on the cross he took all that judgment on us on himself instead of us Christ was lifted up as a symbol of our faith you see faith was the deal it had everything to do with faith it had nothing to do with with anything else it was faith in who God and Christ he was gonna handle whatever bite of sin you have faith is the cure our faith in Christ alone we just sang that in Christ alone that that's who it is we receive eternal life when the sting of sin is taken away by Jesus that's how we get eternal life and it gets us to that probably the most memorized verse of the Bible right for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son as we and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life see God loves us he sent Jesus as our Savior to give us eternal life I was, I've been thinking about all this stuff it, it's interesting to me that the other gods around you had to sacrifice to them to be to get to live or to whatever that to appease them and God sends himself basically to sacrifice for us a little different from the other gods isn't it our God sacrificed for us instead of us sacrifice he sacrificed for us he provided that sacrifice so that we didn't have to I mean, I mean that's that's so different from all the other things that we worship and go after that is the Christ we serve Jesus is our Savior and with that he gives us eternal life there's a man by the name of Gaylord Kimbarami who was given a, was giving a New Testament to this pagan man that he'd been trying to witness to and he gave him this New Testament and the guy was pagan, he was bad he was he didn't care about all that stuff he didn't care about the Bible he thought it was kind of crazy and he says he was going to take the Bible and he was going to use the pages and roll it and make cigarettes out of it Gaylord in his wisdom and gift from the Lord says okay you do that but do this for me you read the page before you roll it into a cigarette 15 years later he ran into the guy at a convention a Methodist convention and he said asked him how he's doing he goes you know I got through Matthew Mark and Luke but when I got to John and I smoked all of them until I got to John 316 and I couldn't smoke anymore 
He was now a mission. He was now an evangelist and a follower of Christ, and had come to know. He had gone through all the other stuff. He actually did it. I mean, he smoked through them, you know. But guess what? John three sixteen, which is basically the gospel summed up in one. That's why we memorize it. You know, it's kind of the gospel all summed up in one verse. And he says that. So you see, God's word is much more than words on a page. And we take it too many times as just words on a page. We tend to forget that this verse has amazing addition. We, we stop usually at John 3.16, and then we read on that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So many times we think of God as up, up in heaven looking down on us, just waiting for us to mess up. I'm going to watch them. They're going to mess up. And I'm going, pow, I got you. That is not the God we serve. No, he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to what? Save us. He didn't send us. He doesn't send us to hell. We do it ourselves. We are the ones because all he wants to do is save us. God's one and only son came to show us the light. But we get accustomed to the darkness and fear. There's a story of a man that was in prison, in, the, in, the, in a dark prison, in, the, in solitary, for many, many years, and he finally was set free. And when he went outside, the light was so bright, he asked to come back in. He wanted to stay in because the, dark, the darkness was more comfortable to him. We have too many people in this world today that the darkness is too comfortable for them. They don't want to come into God's light and see it. So Christ wants us to follow him and to be different, and he wants us to see him in all he has to offer. And that's where we come to the ABCs. You know, we, I, we talk about witnessing and we talk about those kind of things, but it's not as hard as we try to make it. Because we all do, let's face it, we all want to try to complicate it. A, admit, right? Admit that you're a sinner and that you've got to confess your sins. No one likes to admit They've messed up or sinned, right? You know, you know we don't like to go to, hi, right, hey everybody, I'm a sinner, I, I do this and I do this and I do this. I love to lie and cheat and steal. And... Nobody does that. Why? Nobody wants to admit they're a sinner, but we have to admit to God that he, we're a sinner. What does the scripture say? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. No, no, not one hasn't. I've not met him or her yet. I've met some people that don't think they have. And of course, we mentioned the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that's A. B is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've got to believe what he said and that he is who he said he was. This is the faith part. Let's face it. This is the faith. This is the step out on faith time. We have to admit that we've sinned, we have to believe on Christ, and the only way to believe in Christ is faith, because folks, otherwise, it doesn't happen. That's our faith. That's how we, we have to have the faith. And we, when we do that, we all know we need Jesus, and this passage teaches us about that. This is how to be born again. This is how to change your life. And then you bit to the sea, confess that Jesus is, a sinner, is our Savior, and to choose him, to follow him. 
Matthew 16, 46 talks about where Peter admitted, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? That's, he is the Christ, the Son of the living. That's who we confess to. Our, we have to confess he's the Lord, and we have to tell others and choose. So that, we have to remember, that is the response to the gospel, right? That is the response to the gospel. The actual gospel is what? God rules, God lives, God takes care of us. God created the heavens and the earth. He did it all. God is in charge. He is everything. We sinned. We have to understand that we've messed up. We've chosen to do it. We disobey him, and that separates us from God. Which brings us to God provides. Who did he provide? He provided Jesus Christ to be a sacrifice for us, to take the perfect solution to our sin problem. He took Jesus Christ, came and took that. He paid the punishment for us. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We, we, we just got to understand it's a free gift of grace. And boy, we have a hard time accepting free gifts of things, especially when they're unexpected. You know, if I, if, now, you'd be very happy if I handed you a $100 bill. But when I first started handing you, you kind of go, why? If I just put out a $100 bill and said, here, I would do this if I had one in my pocket, but I don't have one. Um, nobody carries cash anymore, do they? I mean, it's like, you know, I could hand you my credit card, I guess, and you could have a good time. But, but you know, but seriously, if I handed you a $100 bill, you, you would love to have it, you want it, but you're kind of going, what's up? Why is he giving this to me, and what is he going to ask me to do in return for this? That's how we are. That's our skeptic persons that we are. Well, guess what? Here, eternal life. Here, salvation. It's yours. Just believe. God, Jesus gave us. He lived a perfect life and he gave it up for us. He's the only one that didn't deserve the cross. He's the only one that didn't deserve to have any punishment. Yet he did it. And then he rose again to give us that eternal life. He rose again so that we would know that death means nothing think about that death means nothing i'm over here on my preacher side again folks we don't believe that a lot of times let's face it our big fear is death i don't care who you are i don't care how much you believe we still have that little thing in the back of our head goes death Ooh, that's the end what will happen if i die what's gonna happen to my family what is it really going to be like? How does that work? How does that? We all have it. That fear is there. But Jesus showed us that death means nothing. Conquer that stuff. Been there, done it. No big deal. And guess what? You can have eternal life too. You will rise again too. When you die, it's just the door to the next life. That's it. You're passing through that door, that casket, or cremation, whatever goes on. You go through that door, and you're where? You're in heaven. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He told the thief on the cross that. Today. He didn't say next year, next month, next... Today. Wow. And what? Then we respond to the gospel, which is the ABCs that I just went through. Now, I've given you today the plan of salvation, as it were. I've given you the gospel. 
what will we do with it? Ah. Because see, we are told to let others know. We're told that others need this. It is up to us to let the world know that they can live eternally, that they can have the Savior too. That is why we are here. That's what we are, why we follow Christ. We are part, God chose us to be the mouthpieces. He really did. Now what are we going to do about it? We have the tools. We have his word. Are we going to ignore it and say, well, that's just for somebody else to do? Is that just the Billy Grahams of the world? Is that just the evangelists of the world? Or is that for everybody as we go to tell others? As we walk through this world, as we meet people, we let them know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And he died for us so that we might live and really understand what life is about. That's the God we serve. He sacrificed for us so that we might live. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you for the gospel. Lord, it is amazing. It's incomprehensible, really. We don't get it. Why would you do that? However, we are grateful and we thank you. Help us, Lord, to let others know. Help us, Lord, to be bold about it. We need courage. We're afraid. We need help. We need openings. We need to, you to show us. Show us how. Open our mouths. Let us speak for you. Tell us what to say. Show us your will and your way. Show us who we are, who you are. Let us show others who you are. You are awesome, glorious, almighty, wonderful Savior. And we thank you. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.